Screaming Chewy Show, your source of entertainment and overall fuckery. And it starts now. Warning, content not suitable for children. Listener discretion advised, yo. Hey, you. Yeah, you over there. Do you like paranormal stuff? You like abandoned places? You like to, like, go check out some historical stuff? Maybe you like food. Maybe you like good music. I don't like Black Flag or maybe Black Sabbath. Well, we do too. So come check us out at Punk Rock Explorers Podcast. That's Punk Rock Explorers Podcast. Peace. Hey everyone, welcome to the Screaming Chewy Show, Season 2, Episode 2, Deuce Deuce. Deuce, (laughs) don't sound right, huh? Well, before I start making poop jokes, I'd like to start this off with a kind of like a serious matter, right? Or a little message. Um, I know there's a lot of shit going on right now, social media, the news, right? All this World War Three hype, and uh, we're going to war, and this and that. Trump this, Trump that. Now listen, I know in some of my episodes, you know, I could go off on a rant, you know, talk about the government, or religion, or <clears throat> I don't know, anybody who lies to innocent people, or, you know. Well, if you heard them, you heard them. But anywho... I'm not going to go off into politics today, all right? Because, um, you know, even though, um, you know, my episodes have quite a variety, right? The spice of life, you know, I'll give you comedy, mysteries, you know, ghost stories, creepy shit, and conspiracy theories, you know, a little bit of politics, spirituality, and hey, believe it or not, Positive messages. Yeah. I got some of that too. So. I'd like to. Just. uh, In case. You haven't heard. By any chance. Half of fucking Australia. Is on fucking fire yo. Living fucking hell. Yeah. Um, A billion. Almost a billion animals. Dead. Yeah, what the fuck, yo? And, um, yeah, last I heard, it's like 20-something people being arrested for arson. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, there's some conspiracies that, uh, they started it, you know, to blame global warming or whatever. Anywho, I'm not gonna get into that. Point is, that's some fucked up ass shit, yo. If there's fucking proof that they started those fires, throw those motherfuckers in that fire, yo. (laughs) I mean, half a billion, now almost a billion dead, innocent animals. Yo, I fucking love animals. In fact, I love animals more than people. Because they don't mean to do any harm to us or to the earth. 
They're just trying to survive, yo. And, um, you know, it's in Australia. So kangaroos, they hopped away. Koalas, you know, people rescued them. Big, big hype about people rescuing koalas. But, yo, I'm thinking, what about the fucking turtles? They got the shit fucking card in this situation. You know what I mean? Those, they can't fucking run. <laughs> you know? They're heavy. They can't hit your ride. You know? Like, you know, you've seen the little squirrels. They'll hit your ride on a fucking kangaroo or some shit. You know what I mean? Birds could fly away. Yeah, their homes are destroyed, but they're alive. Turtles, yo. They're like, dude, wait for me. Wait for me. Tell my children I love them. You know, like, it's, I know, I'm, I shouldn't be joking about this. I didn't mean to. It just happens. But that's fucked up, right? And, um, yeah, I'm not a very religious person, but I really do believe in God. And the power of prayer, I do believe in that, too. That shit works. And, you know, I try not to get too personal in my show, but I have, you know, been near death. Yes. Um, I'm not going to give you really details. Maybe some will, someday I will, <clears throat> but yes, uh, a fucking miracle truly fucking happened. Like the doctor literally said, Hey, um, you're dying and, um, we're going to put you in a uh, life support right now. Cause, uh, you're probably going to go unconscious. I don't know how you're still talking to me. Yeah. That kind of shit. And uh, it was just my condition was getting worse and worse. Nothing was helping. My mama was there. My daddy. Parents were right there next to me in a hospital bed. And uh, my mom's like, you know, she held my hand. She was crying. And she's like, hey, I'm going to pray for you. And she's Catholic. So she prayed to the Virgin Mary. Right. And, you know, I was like, yeah, whatever, mom. <laughs> whatever and she did and no fucking joke like moments after that the nurse came in with my blood work and she was like hey you're getting better we're not gonna put you in life support we're just gonna watch you so anywho <clears throat> the power of prayer works yo so those of you you right now listening fucking pray for australia man that's some fucking crazy shit going on and, um, but you know what? On the positive note, if you ask me, I mean, this is catastrophic, but shit like this has happened in nature and will happen with or without us. Yes, this is a big blow to the population numbers of those animals. But the strong, the survived they will breed and pass on those strong genes and they'll just make their species stronger. Their future generations will be stronger. Um, and that's how evolution works, you know. And um, that's kind of what this episode is about. Believe it or not, there's people out there that do not believe in evolution even though there's so much proof, you don't have to fucking, even though there's fossils found, 
fucking arrowheads and tools made thousands of years back, you still don't want to believe that, right? But hey, you don't have to believe that because animals are evolving right before our eyes every day. And um, I'm going to talk a little bit about that. So, yeah. And hey, Australia, stay strong, man. Fuck, man. Crazy shit. Evolution. What is evolution by definition? Well, the process by which different kinds of living organisms are thought to have developed and diversified from earlier forms during the history of the earth. The gradual development of something, especially from a simple to a more complex form. So basically what it means is that you get these species of animals and by whatever reason, by internal or external force, they're forced to adapt to their environment, right? Become stronger, faster, smarter, right? For future generations to survive. The ones that don't, their genes don't get passed on. The ones that do, their genes get passed on and so on and so on, creating uh, stronger generations, right? To survive. That's what evolution is for, um, is to survive. Now, I could talk about, you know, I could get all history channel and shit all fucking Nat Geo on you and tell you all about the arrowheads we found thousands of years ago. The human bones we found thousands of years ago that uh, have changed to how we are now. How there was not just Homo sapiens, but there was different species of human beings. Yeah, Neanderthals. There's actually theories that Neanderthals, which were like a bigger human being, they breeded with Homo sapiens. And, um, with DNA, that can be proven. With DNA, you can prove so much. You can prove evolution with DNA. But some people don't believe in DNA. They don't believe that the fossils scientists have found are real. So, how can you prove evolution is real when they want to deny evidence that's right there? You could go to a fucking museum, right? How? Well, look around you. Look at the animals around you. <clears throat> All right. <clears throat> my bad. Um, <clears throat> fuck, my bad. Okay, let me give you an example. Okay, here in um, Arizona, in the summertime, we have a problem with snakes, rattlesnakes to be exact. And um, yeah, of course, you know, they could be dangerous, you know. They don't look out and fucking hunt you and try and kill you and shit like in the movies. But, you know, you're outside, you walk through grass, they feel threatened. You hear that pss, right? You hear the rattle. And they bite you, right? If you get close enough, you scare them. But many ranchers out here or people out in the urban areas or out of town and shit, you know, um, as soon as they hear the rattle, right away, they go grab the fucking gun, come back. 
find the snake and fucking blast them. Yes. Anytime there's a rattlesnake, they hear the rattle, they go find the snake and fucking kill it. So this has been going on for a long time, right? But now in the last recent years, um, people have found rattlesnakes that do not rattle. Yeah. Uh, You go straight up, you walk right up to them and they do not rattle. They just strike at you once you're close enough. Why? Well, you see, snakes, they learned that when they rattle and a human being is around, they're going to fucking die. They're going to fucking get shot. Crazy, right? And those snakes that lived, they spread their genes and so on and so on. Now you have a new species of rattlesnake that does not rattle. Yeah. <laughs> now, now you wish you had the ones that rattle, right? Now you wish you had the old ones back. This is what, which is funny, right? Because this is evolution that was pushed by human beings. Yes, our existence here is changing animals around us. Have you thought about that? Have you thought about all the streets, all the cement and buildings we're laying out? They used to be homes for other animals. And they're coming back. And they are adapting. Lizards are adapting. There's species of lizards that, you know, their claws are different now. You know, they're they're adapted to run on flat surfaces instead of ground and climbing, you know. They climb walls instead of trees now, right? Like, as they say, the cement jungle. Man, this is fucking mind-blowing. You know? Now, I know what you're thinking. Chewy. Okay, the animals, they learn behaviors by external forces, right? Or being put in situations where they have to change their behavior. Or even their anatomy, right? To adapt to their new environment. Now they pass those genes on, but you're like, Chewy, how would a snake pass knowledge down to its future generations with just genes, right? That snake is not going to come back as a ghost to its future offspring and be like, yo, guys, don't fucking rattle. You're going to die like I did, right? How is this possible? Well, here's some crazy shit. You ready? What if I told you that knowledge can be passed down through DNA? Yeah, I'll give you a second. Yeah, let that settle in. Soak it up. Just soak it in. It's mind-blowing, right? I know I'm still blown away by it. But think of it this way. I think I've mentioned this before in a previous episode. But look, sea turtles, right? The baby sea turtles. As soon as they're born, they hatch out of that egg. They know they got to fucking dig, dig, dig. Get the fuck out of that sand. As soon as they're out of that sand and they hit land open air, they just head straight to the fucking water. They know they don't wander off and explore the beach. Oh, what's this? Oh, that's so pretty. Nope. Fucking straight towards the fucking water. They don't know why, but they know. That they're in danger and they need to get in that water immediately. How? Their mama didn't stick around to teach them that. She's long gone. 
Nobody told him to head to the water. How the fuck do they know? Could it be that that those generations been doing it for so long, so many hundreds, maybe thousands of years, and that's just embedded in DNA, DNA and just passed down? Could be, right? You got a better explanation? I mean, I'm open to suggestions. You know my email, right? ScreamingTree at gmail.com. Let me know. I'm curious too, because that's some crazy shit, yo. So, yeah, and I know what you're saying. Chewy, you're talking about animal instinct. Well, yes, I am. What if I told you that that natural animal instinct that you never thought to investigate what the fuck it is, right? You just thought, oh, well, the animal just knows what to do. You ever question how? How is that possible? The animals, as soon as they're born, they know exactly what to do with no external education or, you know what I mean? No example, nobody. How could it be that the knowledge passed down in DNA is animal instinct? Could be, right? But hey, I'm not just talking about animals. I'm talking about plants too. Because, yes, they are alive too. They are living, breathing, right? They might not have a heartbeat or maybe a consciousness like we do. But they are breathing. And they do communicate with each other. Many, many plants are connected by an underground root system. And they pass messages through each other. What the fuck, huh? Just blew your mind or what? Now check this out. Plants also defend themselves. Yes, because there are many animals and bugs trying to eat them every day. So yeah, you see many plants with spikes and shit, right? Or, you know, they're um, inside them. They have these chemicals, right? Poison. You know, you eat the wrong berries. You get poisoned and fucking die, right? Just like... A frog, you know, a snake eats the wrong frog, you're gonna die, homie. Same thing with plants, they're trying to defend themselves. Sorry, vegans, plant lives matter, bro. <laughs> Just kidding. Anywho, also, these plants they release chemicals and toxins in the air, or sometimes before they die. So, there's many theories that you know. When, you, when you're on diet and you eat certain fruits or vegetables, some people get certain reactions to them. And that's these chemicals that these plants released before they, were, they died. They're like, fuck you. Ah, you know, revenge. Yeah. R-E-B-E-N-G-E. Revenge. <laughs> if you know me, you're probably laughing your ass off. That's a little inside joke there. But anywho... Remember that movie, um, fuck, what was it, with Johnny Leguizamo, when, um, everybody around the world starts committing suicide and shit, oh, man, I can't remember the fucking name, The Happening, yes, that's it, The Happening, so, spoiler alert, turns out the plants all over the world were releasing chemicals in the air that was making us humans react in a way that would make us commit suicide 
because we were fucking up the earth. Yeah, that was that movie. Pretty crazy shit. And but plants do do that not in that extreme way. But um, if you do some research, they have actually released chemicals and make bugs commit suicide or fucking attack other bugs and just like go fucking berserk and shit. Yeah. Um, crazy shit here. And um, also, plants, you know, they feed off sunlight and water. Um, they compete with each other all the time, just like any animal, just like us. They're constantly competing for water and sunlight. If you observe some plants, they grow very weirdly in angles and stuff. Well, these plants, as they grow, they're growing to reach the sun. They're growing towards the sun. So if they, they get more sunlight during the day around this spot, they're going to grow towards that spot. You know, many um, like jungles and forests, these plants are actually competing with each other for sunlight. Yeah. So like the huge trees, the old trees, they're way high up there fucking soaking up that sunlight. But and they're also causing a lot of fucking shade. They're literally throwing shade to the smaller plants under them and around them right so it's less likely that they're going to survive so they have to grow in a weird way or they're just unlucky and felt the seed fell in a wrong spot now talking about seeds and competition did you know that plants most of them they produce their seeds in a way that the seeds are supposed to be spread away from them why well think about it if they spread seeds and they fell right next to them those little baby plants they grow around them they're gonna be their new fucking competition you ever thought about it that way so like dandelions right you blow on it all the little fluffy shit fly away that's their seeds they're meant to be carried by the wind other plants are meant to be carried by water, right? They grow around rivers. The fruit that carries the seed falls in the river and it's taken somewhere else. Um, many other, you know, fruits, very delicious, sweet fruits, diabetes, you know, are taken by birds and other animals and eaten. And they just take, you know, they just go somewhere else miles away and poop it out, you know. And, of course, the seed survives a digestive system. And then, you know, the poop is the fertilizer. That's this little seed. That's his new home, you know. So, yeah. Many animals are actually responsible for carrying the seeds. For spreading that plant. Crazy, right? So, like I was saying... Us humans, our existence here is affecting animals all around us, right? This is called urban evolution. Now, let's talk a little bit about that, right? Urban environments can be can exert novel selective pressures on organisms, sometimes leading to new adaptations. For example, 
The weed crepus sancta, found in France, has two types of seed, heavy and fluffy. Yeah, like Gabriel Iglesias, fluffy. The heavy ones land near the parent plant, whereas the fluffy seeds float further away on the wind. In urban environments, seeds that float far often land on infertile concrete. Within about five to 12 generations, the weed has been found to evolve to produce significantly, significantly more heavy seeds than its rural relatives among vertebrates, a case is, case is urban, great tits. <laughs> yeah, that's right, great tits. <laughs> Don't worry guys, it's a bird. Get your fucking mind out of the gutter, yo. I'll explain that right now. Anywho, <clears throat> great tits, which have been found to sing at higher pitch than their rural relatives so that their songs stand out above the city noise. Although this is probably a learned rather than evolved response, urban silver eyes and Australian bird make contact calls that are higher frequency and slower than those of rural silver eyes. As it appears that contact calls are instinctual and not learnt, this has been suggested as evidence that urban silver eyes have undergone recent evolution so as to better communicate in urban environments. Yeah. So we're thinking about that. Let me explain great tits. <laughs> I fucking love that name. <laughs> Yo. <clears throat> Whoever discovered that bird and fucking named it, yo, you are my hero. That's a, yeah, yeah, enough of that, okay? <clears throat> the Great Tit, Paris Major, is a passerine bird in the tit family, Paradise. It is a widespread and common species throughout Europe, the Middle East, Central and Northern Asia, and parts of North Africa, where it is generally resident in any sort of woodland. Most great tits do not. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> oh, I know you're thinking, Chewy, you're so fucking immature. Well, you're right. <laughs> Fuck, where was I? Oh, yeah, yeah. Damn, I got distracted by these great fucking tits, yo. <laughs> Anywho. Great tits do not migrate except in extremely harsh winters. Until 2005, this species was lumped with a numerous other species. DNA studies have shown these other subspecies to be distinctive from the great tit, and these have now been separated as two distinct species. Two different tits. The sinnerous tit of Southern Asia <laughs> and the Japanese tit of East Asia. The great tit remains the most widespread species in the genus Paris. <laughs> there you go, guys. A little bit of history of all the great tits all around the world. Hey, that sounds like a cool band, right? Great tits. 
People complain the feminists get mad. Yo, it's a bird. What the fuck? Google it. <laughs> oh, man, that's great. All right. So enough about tits here. Back to urban wildlife. Urban wildlife is wildlife that can live or thrive in urban environments. Some urban wildlife, such as house mice, are synanthropic, ecologically associated with humans. Some species or populations may become entirely dependent on humans. Like some humans are also dependent on other humans. <laughs> Anywho, some species or populations may become entirely dependent. Oh, fuck, I'm an idiot, yo. For instance, the range of many synanthropic species is expanded to latitudes at which they could not survive. The winter outside of human settlements, other species simply tolerate cohabiting with humans and using the remaining green spaces. In some cases, gradually becoming more accustomed to the new habitat over time and eventually synanthropic. These species represent a minority of the creatures that would normally inhabit the in, 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 in area. Oh, fuck, what the fuck was that? For example, a 2014 compilation of studies found that only 8% of native bird and 25% of native plant species were present in urban areas compared with estimates of non-urban density of spaces. Urban wildlife can be found at any latitude that supports human dwellings. The list of animals that will search human trash within settlements runs from tropical monkeys to polar bears in the Arctic. Different types of urban areas support different kinds of wildlife. One general feature of bird species that adapt well to urban environments is they tend to be the species with bigger brains, perhaps allowing them to be more adaptable to the changeable urban environment. So, what's another species that humans have uh, helped evolve or affected its evolution? Well, one thing I think of, one animal I think of right off the bat is dogs, yo. Yeah, your buddy right there, sitting right next to you. The couch, your bed, laying on you, licking itself. <laughs> Anywho. So, humans and, and dogs have co-evolved through living together for over 12,000 years. While clearly humans have significantly impacted the evolution of dogs through selective breeding, the intimate presence of dogs in human culture has also impacted the evolution of humans. Uh-huh. So, let's get a little bit into dogs. Yeah, fucking love dogs. You know, if you're curious, if you haven't heard, I have an episode about dogs. Yeah, I think I released it on National Puppy Day. I believe I called it Man's Best Friend. Check it out. So, a little bit of history about dogs here, okay? From Peking geese to St. Bernard and Greyhound, dogs come in such startling variety. It's easy to forget they belong to the same species. 
the profusion of breeds today, at least 150 reflects intense, purposeful interbreeding of dogs in the past 150 years. One consequence of interbreeding to create purebreds with sharply individual traits is that many disease-causing genes have become concentrated in these breeds because of the growing concern about health problems and the availability of powerful methods to hunt genes scientists are hard at work on the dog genome project as with the human genome project the goal is to locate and map canine genes particularly those that play a role in disease genes that influence behavior are also of great interest at the same time the entire history of dogs and their relationship with humans have undergone some rethinking recently thanks in large part to high-tech molecular dating methods that can determine evolutionary relationships and chronologies the dog canis familiaris is a direct descendant of the gray wolf canis lupus in other words dogs as we know them are domesticated wolves not only their behavior changed, domestic dogs are different in form from wolves, mainly smaller, with shorter muzzles and, sm- and smaller teeth. Darwin was wrong about dogs. He thought their remarkable diversity must reflect interbreeding with several types of wild dogs. But the DNA findings say differently. All modern dogs are descendants of wolves. Though this domestication may have happened twice, producing groups of dogs descended from two unique common ancestors. How and when this domestication happened has been a matter of speculation. It was though until very recently that dogs were wild until about 12,000 years ago. But DNA analysis published in 1997 suggests a date about 130,000 years ago. Fuck, man. For the transformation of wolves to dogs. This means that wolves began to adapt to human society long before humans settled down and began practicing agriculture. This earlier timing casts doubt on the long-held myth that humans domesticated dogs to serve as guards or companions to assist them. Rather, say some experts, dogs may have exploited a niche they discovered in early human society and got humans to take them in out of the cold. Yeah, joke's on you, right? You You didn't domesticate the dog. The dog domesticated you. Plot twist. Another animal that's proof of evolution. In fact, proof of evolution of one of the smartest animals in the world. Yes, you, me, us, the human population. Yeah. Some people get offended when you say, yeah, we're animals. They're like, no, we're fucking not. I'm like, yeah, you're a mammal. That's why you have nipples and you're hairy, (laughs) right? I mean, we're so fucking into ourselves. We're like, we're not animals. Mm -hmm. Yeah, fuck my bad. My watch just went off.
Anywho, now, I read a recent study about chimpanzees, right? How, you know, they're obviously, they're very, very similar to humans, right? But different. And look, this is no joke. I've heard people, people have asked me, Chewy, how, we didn't come from monkeys. If there's no evolution, how the fuck did we come from monkeys and there's still monkeys around where, well, here's the answer, all right? You, you ready? We did not come from monkeys or apes. We have a common ancestor. Yeah, some people say it's Bigfoot. Whatever, that's a whole different story right there. That's a that's a whole different conspiracy, right? I mean, story, anyhow. But... Yeah, so basically what happened is there was this fucking ape-ish, right? And it is evolution split two ways, you know, just like um, many other animals are related to each other, but they're not the same species, right? Like dolphins and whales, right? They're related. They have a common ancestor, but they are not the same species, right? Making sense now? But what I was trying to say about apes, okay? Chimpanzees. Um, did you know that we have more, way, way more muscles in our faces than chimpanzees do? Now, why? Why would evolution have humans with more facial muscles than chimpanzees? Why is that so important, right? Because everything's for a reason, you know. You have you have thumbs because you evolved to grab shit to fucking make fucking tools, right? Your brain, I mean, it's just as good as the body, right? Because if you're just a fucking brain, then you can't do shit, right? Because if you think about it, that pink spongy shit inside your skull, that's you, right? That. That's your consciousness, right? But everything outside of that is a tool to help that pink spongy thing survive. Yeah, you ever thought about it that way? That's why you get frostbite, right? That's why when it comes to freezing temperatures and your body temperature gets dangerously low, your body says, all right, fingers, fuck that shit. We don't need that shit no more. We need to keep the heart, brain, lungs, vital organs. We need to keep that shit warm and in working condition. Fuck the fingers, right? Then it spreads to fuck the hands and feet and toes, right? Your, your body wants to keep the vitals, the more important shit, warm. And that's how that happens, right? <clears throat> Anywho, back to the facial muscles. A recent study has said that um the reason for that is for back in the day you know when we were hunter gatherer right we were a series of tribes right and um when a tribe or a unknown fucking caveman came up to you right first thing you think is he friend or is he foe is he gonna offer to trade or is he gonna rape my women and take all my shit and fucking kill me, right? Because that's pretty common back then, right? Gotta survive, yo. 
So, your eyes and your brain, right? Everything your eyes see, obviously, your brain analyzes every second, every split second, and tells your eyes what you're seeing, right? So, out of everything that we look at every single day and analyze, facial expressions are at the top of the list. We read people's faces and facial expressions and body language more than most other things. And that is part of evolution. It's a tool that's helped us survive for this long, right? That way, uh, when somebody, you know, they're talking to you, we make eye contact, right? Now, I don't know about you, but if I'm talking to somebody and they don't make eye contact, like they keep looking down or away, that's fucking shady as fuck to me. Eh, you know what I mean? I don't know about you, but to me, it's like, all right, motherfucker, what are you hiding, right? Maybe that's how they say the eyes are the window to the soul, right? Because you're analyzing that person's face to get the truth, right? Now, I know what you're thinking. Wait, I know some people that are not very keen. They're not uh, very aware of their surroundings. They don't really analyze things or, you know, well, like I was saying, survival of the fittest, right? Hey everyone, just want to take a quick second and mention this podcast I've been listening to. Shout out to the Normal Guys Show. You guys, check them out. Now it's four guys, four normal guys, and um, you know, talking about some interesting topics and um, talking shit. Yes, lots of fuckery within each other and it's fucking hilarious. Check them out. The Normal Guys Show. Screaming Chewy Show. Your source of entertainment and overall fuckery. Yeah! (laughs) You decide what that means. (laughs) I'm not going to explain it. Now, you know what's something, some more facts that are fucking crazy? There are more similarities between chimpanzees and humans? Their behavior. Yeah. You see, long time ago, I seen this documentary on National Geographic. And that shit actually kind of creeped me out. How? Okay, let let me explain, alright? This documentary was showing footage of uh, chimpanzees in a forest. Now, I'm not shitting you, yo. They were all walking in a straight fucking line, uniform, okay? And um, they would all take one step at the same time. As soon as that foot lands on the ground, they all stop, look around, look to your left, look to your right, look forward, Take another fucking step and rinse and repeat. These guys were like fucking soldiers in Vietnam in the jungle. I shit you not. And guess what they were doing? Now, 
chimpanzees are not these happy little monkeys you see on television. You see in the wild, um, very similar to humans, they stick to their groups, right? And when it comes down to it, um, think about it. It's more obvious in the animal kingdom, but I want you to think about humans, right? When it comes down to it, okay, every person that you know or interact with comes down, it all, when it comes to survival, it all dwindles down to two groups, us and them. That's it, right? And that's how the chimpanzees are. They keep it simple, yo. It's a simple life. I'm just a simple man. Anywho, I don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so they're very territorial, right? This part of the jungle is our group. That over there, those fucking trees, that's where that group shits and eats. Don't go over there, they'll fight you, right? Well, they also go to war with each other. Yeah, believe it or not. And that's what these chimps were doing. They were going out of their territory and exploring new jungle to find more territory to take over. Yes, that's why they were being so cautious. They could be jumped, beat up, and killed at any time. But once they found that other group, guess what? They fucking fought them. They beat the shit out of them, alright? Now, how these chimpanzees fight is... They'll pummel the enemy with their fist. Yeah, they'll fucking hammer fist your ass. And when you're incapacitated, they rip your throat and your testicles off. Yeah, they don't fuck around, right? That's, oh, dude, that's fucking scary, yo. I thought that movie Congo was scary. You know, with those fucking apes, they're all white and gray and shit, and they eat you. They're all like, they have sharp teeth. That was fucking scary, yo. But the reality is that <laughs> the reality, they're not far from that, you know. They're not completely evil, but yes, they kill each other. Hmm. Very similar to humans. Very, uh, there's so many parallels to that, right? They uh, stay in groups. They're territorial. And... They go to war to take other territories. Sounds like what's going on on right now, right? I know I said I wasn't going to get political, but I mean, when are we not in war, right? Anywho, back to the chips. That That's why that freaked me out a little bit, seeing the chimps do that. You know, because you always known how similar they are to us. But when you see that behavior... You're like, what the fuck, yo? That's what we are doing right now to other countries. What other countries do to each other. Even not countries, what we do to ourselves. You know, every day you see people and you hear people abusing others, taking advantage of them just for their own gains. Like, what the fuck, people? But, you know. That could, you know, I could just go off into a little bit of psychology and, you know, uh, a lot of trauma victims, they don't think like you and me, right? When you live your life, you're just trying to live, but 
trauma victims are trying to survive because they've been traumatized, right? They've been through some shit, yo. Now, I'm not defending the abusers out there, but many abusers were victims at one point. So I'm trying to say, yo. But uh, let's think about our own behavior, right? Let's think about our own evolution. Um, You know, us as human beings, uh, how much, you know, we're so fucking smart and we're coming out with so many breakthroughs like technology and science. It's fucking crazy how fast we're advancing and coming up with new shit. But when it comes to our behavior, that's not changing at all. (laughs) You know, (laughs) we're going to. Yeah. Right. Like when you think about it, what we need to change first is our fucking behavior. Yo, if that doesn't change all our technology and advances ain't going to fucking matter when we just fucking go extinct. Because we just killed each other off like fucking idiots. You know what I mean? Just like you see in the movies. This country threw a nuke. Oh, we retaliate. They too, you know, threw the fucking strongest fucking nuke and killed the whole fucking world. Right? All because it's a fucking dick measuring competition, right? Anywho. Back to evolution. (laughs) So... Parallel evolution. You ever heard of that? What the fuck is parallel evolution, Chewy? Well, here it is. Frequently, this is the situation in more closely related lineages where where several species respond to similar challenges in a similar way. One of the most spectacular examples of parallel evolution is provided by the two main branches of the mammals, the placentals and the marsupials, which have followed independent evolutionary pathways following the breakup of land masses, such as Gondwanaland roughly 100 million years ago. In South America, marsupials and placentals shared the ecosystem prior to the Great American Interchange. In Australia, marsupials prevailed and in the old world the placentals won out however in all these localities mammals were small and filled only limited places in the ecosystem until the mass extinction of dinosaurs dinosaurs 40 million years later at this time mammals on all three land masses began began to take on a much wider variety of forms and roles, which while some forms were unique to each environment, surprisingly, similar animals have often emerged in two or three of the separated continents. Examples of these include the lithopterns and horses whose legs are difficult to distinguish, the European saber-toothed tiger, and the South American marsupial saber tooth, the Tasmanian wolf, and the European wolf, likewise marsupial and placental moles, flying squirrels, and mice. 
Yeah. Fucking crazy, right? Here's another one. Another thing I've heard. Chewy. Evolution doesn't exist. How the fuck did it start from single-celled organisms? Then they evolved to fish. At some point, that fish had to come out of the water and evolve into land animals, right? They're like, fucking fish don't come out of the fucking water, yo. What are you talking about? Well, you ever heard of the mudskipper fish? Yeah, they come out of the water and um, they actually crawl around the mud around them. They don't just come out to escape from a predator or in case of emergency. They actually come out to just fucking chill, yo. Yeah, look up videos of the mudskipper. And um, if you ever watch Ren and Stimpy, <laughs> they had a mudskipper uh, character. Yeah, funny shit right there. But mudskipper, yeah, Google that motherfucker. I could tell you all about it, but I want you to see the videos of the mudskipper fish, okay? But what I will tell you about is the evolution of cave-dwelling animals. Yeah. So, here's an article by uh, ScienceDaily.com. The question has long intrigued scientists and been the subject of hot debate. Clearly, across the animal kingdom, blindness has evolved repeatedly. There are thousands of underground and cave-dwelling species from naked mole rats to bats found throughout nature. Many of these species have lost their sense of sight. Charles Darwin originally suggested that eyes could be lost by disuse over time. Right? They don't use them because caves are dark. So evolution gets rid of the eyes, right? Now, read Cartwright, an ASU evolutionary biologist in the School of Life Sciences and Research at the Biodesign Institute wants to get to the heart of the matter. And in recent publication in the journal BMC, evolutionary biology may be proving Darwin wrong. We think that blindness in cave fish, cave fish is indeed Darwinian, but ultimately this disproves Darwin's original hypothesis of disuse said Cartwright in new research. Cartwright explains um, that eyes are not lost by disuse, but rather demonstrate Darwin's fundamental theory of natural selection at work. With blindness selected as favorable and the fittest for living in a cave. Makes sense. For their work, his research team chose to model a well-studied blind cavefish, the Mexican tetra. Um, I would, okay, fuck it. I'm gonna try and pronounce the scientific name, but I'm gonna fucking butcher it. Yo, Astillanax Mexicanus. <laughs> fucking really? You, you gotta put a Mexican fucking thing in the, never mind. <laughs> Anywho, a small, docile, pink-hued fish just a few centimeters long that could easily make its home in an aquarium. It's inhabited caves for 
two to three million years, giving it five million generations worth of time to evolve blindness. Cartwright's group chose this Mexican tetra because there's also a surface dwelling form that has retained its sight. And for scientists, this built-in comparative power makes it a good choice for further exploration. They have two populations to study that can interbreed and are po polar opposites for physical traits. So, Cartwright's group decided to use computational power to investigate how multiple evolutionary mechanisms interact to shape the fish that live in caves. The problem we have in these caves is that they are connected to the surface and fish that can see immigrate into the cave and bring genes from sight with them, said Cartwright. Under these conditions, we don't typically expect to find such a difference in traits between surface and cave populations, unless selection was really, really strong. How strong? And their model, the selection for blindness, would need to be about 48 times stronger than the immigration rate uh, for Mexican tetras to evolve blindness in caves. Cartwright's group estimates that a measure of fitness for blindness called the selection coefficient in the tetra is between 0.5% and 50%. These coefficients are high enough that laboratory experiments should have detected a different be difference between surface and cave forms of the fish. However, none have to date. Cartwright's team turned to a hypothesis going all the way back to Letter to the Editor of Nature in 1925 by E. Ray Lancaster that essentially stated that the reason you have blindness in caves is because the fish that can see simply leave. If sighted fish swim towards the light, the only fish that stay in the cave are blind fish. Go towards the light. Follow the light. That's fucked up. You're the blind fish. They just leave them behind. Damn, at least give them like a fucking stick or some shit, right? Anywho. <laughs> oh, a swimming stick instead of walking stick. Bad joke. <laughs> Anywho. <laughs> Where was it? According to Cartwright, explaining a fitness difference as big as 10% between sighted and blind fish may be difficult. Losing eyes might not give you 10% more offspring. However, if 10% of your seeing eye fish leave the cave, the migration rate is reasonably low, and that could be enough. If over time, enough of the seeing eye fish are systematically being removed, they will also be removed from the gene pool. And that could be enough to drive the evolutionary process. It could be this sort of habitat preference that maintains the local blind fish populations and the fish that can see are prefer preferentially moving out of the cave. So it's like a blind fish fucking sanctuary, yo. Like that fucking place at the end of... Uh, fuck, what's that Sandra Bullock? movie where the <laughs> you know what I'm talking about 
you gotta close your eyes or the demons kill you or whatever the fuck they are fuck man that shit's gonna bother me what the fuck is it called oh yeah bird box (laughs) fish box cave box nah sounds dumb okay back to the subject we found that even a low level of preferential immigration eg two percent would provide a significant boost to local adaptation and the evolution of blindness in caves cartwright's team's hopes that field biologists begin to consider lancaster's 90 year old hypothesis when studying cave fish it would be great if someone could develop a study to test lancaster's lancaster's hypothesis and whether it is driving the evolution of blindness in caves that would really help and answer one of the questions that my intrigued biologists for over a century now so obviously there's many animals that have evolved in caves which means at one point the species got trapped in a cave spread its genes in there right and then over time, you know, uh, of course, it's dark as fuck in there. So they lost their eyesight. There's no sunlight. So they lost their pigmentation. You know, and they've adapted to that environment. And not just fish, but, you know, bats, you know, mammals, flying mammals, and many, many bugs. In fact, bugs are evolving at such a crazy fucking rate. Like... You know, think about it. There's thousands and thousands of bugs that are being discovered. New species of bugs that are being discovered every single day. Now, is that bugs that have been around for thousands of years and we just never found them till now? Or is it a completely new species that has just been formed from rapid evolution? I don't know. You tell me. And if you know, please fucking tell me. I would love to know. So, you know, I would like love to dive deep into this and a lot more. But I think I've given you a lot of information about this, right? Or think about um, fish that live in the bottom of the ocean, right? Or animals, right? There's fucking crabs and a whole bunch of shit that lives in the bottom of the ocean, fucking dark as fuck right now not all of them are blind in fact many of them have little lights and patterns that attract mates they attract prey right like the lantern fish right you you all seen it has a big fucking mouth long fucking fangs sharp teeth and a little fucking little light bulb thingy hanging in front of its forehead right so you know this small shrimp or small fish thinks it's a you know a smaller animal and tries to go for it well motherfucker's gonna eat them yo that's some uh you know lantern fish food right there right and um but also the bottom of the ocean believe it or not has a lot of fucking pressure that's why there's been more people to outer in outer space than in the bottom of the ocean. 
the pressure is fucking crazy as fuck down there, right? Obviously, you can't scuba dive down there, right? You'd be fucking crushed like a fucking can. So, how do these fish survive in such pressure? Well, for example, the blobfish, right? You all seen it, it's fucking ugly and shit. It's all, it looks like a fucking wad of dough and shit, right? Well, it doesn't exactly look like that when he's underwater in those pressure, in that pressure, right? In the bottom of the ocean. That is because those fish that live there, they have evolved. Um, so their organs are constantly pushing out to counter the pressure outside of them pushing in. So when you catch that fish and you bring it up, right? And out of the surface, there's no more dangers or dangers to us, but there's no more high pressure around it. So his organs are still pushing out at a high rate and just and fish is dead, right? That's why you don't see them in fucking aquariums, yo. That's why. So that's another little thing of evolution. But hey, I'm going to end this episode, all right? I'm fucking tired. And I gave you enough info right there. Look up more if you want. You know, believe what you want. I'm just putting it out there. But hey, like I was saying, for us humans, we are so smart and coming up with such crazy shit. But you know what? Our behavior has not evolved how we treat each other, you know? And that's what's going to fucking kill us, yo. Yeah. I know I said I wasn't going to get political. And I'm not going to I'm not going to get into the whole war shit and all that and the government. But yo, fucking at least try and be nice to each other, right? I know people are assholes and sometimes you can't help it and just be an asshole back. But hey, just have a little bit more patience, right? Like when somebody's at a stop sign and they stop for longer than three seconds and you're like, what the fuck? You only start honking your horn, you're like stupid motherfucker, you know? But hey, what about when it's you at a stoplight and you have something on your mind and you just days off and then somebody's honking behind you like, hey, what the fuck? And you're like, oh, shit, oh, shit, you know? Yeah, because that sometimes that stupid motherfucker is you. All right, let's just admit it, all right? Sometimes you are the problem, and we don't want to admit that. And that's part of what's going on right now with the earth and everything. We are part of the problem. There's many people trying to be part of the solution, which is great. But we're all part of the fucking problem, yo. Just like when people get pissed off, like, fuck, man, I'm stuck in fucking traffic. Well, guess what? You are the traffic, yo. You are part of it. The car behind you is just as pissed off as you as you are pissed off as the car in front of you. You understand? So let's start with you. And now, I don't know if you heard my homie Kofiltas podcast, but you should. You should check it out. Funny motherfucker. And he's a very positive guy. That's, you know, he's very funny, but his podcast is a little different from mine because he's very positive he's a good guy and he 
at the end of every episode, he has a positive message. And, um, you know, he gives you a challenge. You as the listener, you know, like I challenge you, you know, how about this week you help an old lady cross the street or some shit, right? Or I don't know, something. So I'm going to borrow that idea because I, I love that idea. So, hey, you listening right now, why don't you fucking try and be a little bit more positive? Maybe have a little bit more patience towards other human beings, right? And maybe when you fuck up, somebody will have a little bit more patience towards you, right? That's how it goes around, right? One simple little, you know, nice thing, you know, it, it spreads and it's true. So, there you have it, folks. And, um, hey, and, um, I know what you're thinking. Like, yo, Chewy, we're about to go to fucking war, yo. You don't want to talk about it? Or you think it'll make a difference? The fucking five people listening right now. <laughs> but you know what? I'm not, I'm not going to talk about that. Maybe in a later episode. Hey, maybe in somebody else's podcast, right? Yeah, you'd have to tune into that. But what I will leave you with is a speech. A speech of a soldier uh, that was arrested in front of the White House recently. And um, his speech stuck with me. Um, I, I love it. And I'll play it. I'll play it at the end. So, remember what I was talking about? chimpanzees fighting each other killing each other that parallel trait that we have with them well how are we gonna stop that you know like i was saying one one nice little act at a time right there's a saying but i forgot how it fucking goes (laughs) but anywho hey thanks for listening and um Got a lot more things coming. Um, Yeah, more exciting things. And um, hey, if you really like this episode and you're on Apple, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, go ahead and give me a review, please. Fucking rate. You don't even have to write a review. Just fucking rate it. You know, give me five stars, please. You know, whatever you're listening to, leave a comment. You know, follow my Facebook, Screaming Chewy, my YouTube you know, interact with me, yo. I, I interact I interact back. I love communicating with people, you know, and networking and you know what I mean? So thanks for listening. You have a good night. Later.
where poor people in deserts of Iraq believe men in those countries and who know that our enemies are not other poor people abroad, or any of the people that laid us off from our jobs, that denied us health care, that make it impossible to get an education. Our enemies are not in the poorest countries on the planet, but right here in the richest one. The occupations of Iraq and Afghanistan alone are costing over $700 million every single day. This is a crime every single day while so many of us are hurting. Well, I think all of us here and the vast majority of people in this country would agree that we can spend $700 million a day better than bombing people that we have no reason to bomb. We can spend $700 million a day rebuilding those countries we've destroyed. We can spend $700 million a day caring for the veterans we get home when they get home and then we can spend $700 million a day giving every single person healthcare, a college education, a job and a livelihood and a home. That's who we need to be spending our money on. But this government is not going to do that. They're not going to use the money in that way. They're not going to end the wars. And they're not going to do it because it's not our government. It's their government. It's the government of the rich. It's the government of Wall Street, of the oil giants, of the defense contractors. It's their government and the only language that they understand is shutting down business as usual. And that's what we're doing here today. And we're going to continue to do until these wars are over. It's crystal clear now that these wars are going to continue and expand and go into other countries. That is the trend. That is what we know, that there is perpetual war. And it's only going to stop if the people stand up and stop it. And that's what we're going to do, sisters and brothers. A lot of people ask me, what do we do? Because we all know things are bad. We all see the atrocities on TV. We read about it. We experience it. People always ask, what do I do? Because we always want to know what to do. Do we vote? Do we support a politician? Uh, what, you know, do we join an organization? What do we do? Well, I'll tell you what we do. It's simple. We fight. We fight and we fight and we fight and we shut down our workplaces. We shut down our schools. We shut down the streets. We shut down business as usual. And we fight until we force the people in there to do what the people out here want. Because that's how we're going to get around and we're going to fight until there's not one more bomb drop, not one more bullet fired. Not one more co a soldier coming home in a wheelchair. Not one more family slaughtered. Not one more day of U.S. imperialism. Let's fight to make that happen. We can do it today and in the days ahead. We have to fight to end these wars and create a better world system, brothers. Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. And if you'd like to support this podcast, you can find me at anchor.fm slash screamingchewygmail.com. There'll be three options for a monthly subscription. First one, I believe, starts at a dollar a month, yo. Yeah, dollar a month. Yeah, and if you don't want to, that's cool. You can follow me on Facebook and YouTube, Screaming Chewy Show, for some memes, some more videos for episodes, and behind-the-scenes kind of deal, right? You can follow me on Twitter, uh, Screaming Chewy. Yeah, not Screaming Chewy, so I should probably change it. But it's just Screaming Chewy. And uh, thanks for listening. Peace.